there's been a desperation, understandably. And I do think evangelism has taken a back seat, evangelization. And I'm sad about that. And yet pressing in with vision and, and empathy and hopefully hope, we're ready to round the corner. Let's set our eyes on reaching the one, not just caring for the 99. And hopefully God's going to provide what we need along the way towards that. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Have you or someone you know experienced Alpha or taken the RCIA program only to drift back to the routines you tried to leave behind? Today I'm talking with Craig Springer, the author of How to Follow Jesus, a practical guide to a sustainable relationship with God. Enjoy the conversation. Lift off and the clock has started. all of you that have been listening to me for a while, you'll know how important Alpha is in my life as a tool to bring other people to Christ, people far, far away. Well, there are a few places more important than the U.S. in terms of the work they're doing to innovate and to help others be mobilized to bring Alpha to the farthest reaches of our communities. Craig Springer is the executive director, and he's our guest today. Craig, welcome to the show. I love being with you, Ron, and, and with all your listeners. Thank you very much. You know, I started to read your book, How to Follow Jesus, and instantly I could think of all kinds of people who I need to buy that book for and get it into their hands, mostly because we've done Alpha with a lot of people through COVID who we otherwise wouldn't have been able to reach. And they don't necessarily have the support of the community in the ways they normally would. And there's a sense of urgency burning on my heart, and it makes me ask the question, what made you write that book? Tell, tell us how you got to that place. Yeah, for How to Follow Jesus, it was a conviction brewing in my heart for 25 years. When I became a follower of Jesus, I didn't grow up really in the church with any discipleship influences, some. But when I said yes to Jesus and started forming a relationship with him, it was really difficult because everything, not just, not just a love relationship with a God I couldn't see, but navigating a culture of the Christian faith and of discipleship. And I read and listened to everything I get my hands on, and I just couldn't find that simplified practical volume for someone like me at that time. I'm new. I have baggage. I have a background. I'm not going to get all the Christianese. I don't necessarily want to be trained to be a seminary professor or a developing world missionary. Just help me make sure I can follow Jesus for the rest of my life and that this isn't just a flash in the pan, viral, one-hit wonder song. And <laughs> I then, as a, as a leader in churches for many years, struggled to find that resource again. We, we um, you know, my denomination, we would baptize people. They go through Alpha, we baptize them and lead them to faith. And 
certainly we'd encourage people to jump in scripture. And that's one of the things I point out in particular in how to follow Jesus. But I also wanted that, you know, here's this resource. If you had to boil it all down, build this into your life. And I also wanted it to be fun and compelling and disarming and, and practical. And so that's all of the reason why. And finally, 25 years of saying uh, no to the Lord on a project he's put in your heart was enough. And I, I, I finally did it. <laughs> well, thank you for being obedient and finally slowing down enough to listen. I know you yeah. have a, uh, a family that keeps you busy and you have a lot of activities that you love to do in your spare time. And sometimes it is hard to focus and, and to really pour labor over words to get them right to give justice to what's in your heart, but I really feel you've nailed it in this book. Thank you. You're welcome. One of the, one of the things that I, I just wonder what you're seeing right now in the U S during COVID. And I know that you guys are coming out of it a little sooner than us in one sense, in terms of deregulating some of the things that keep us apart. Um, how have you felt alpha has has gone during this COVID season, like with online, of course, and mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your take on that. Last year, there was a massive entrepreneurial energized spirit that swept our nation. And as I know about Alpha elsewhere, similarly, particularly for leaders who have evangelization as one of their top priorities and and missional commitments. Mm. They just said, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. We've got to do whatever we can. I've told the story of the roof ripping friends. You know, it was sort of, we carried the mats to the edge of the crowd and couldn't get them in. And we just said, forget it. We're going to the roof. We're tearing through. We're getting them here. And that for us was, was Alpha online, getting them to Jesus's presence. And we had, just in the U.S. alone, about 1,500 churches who never even ran Alpha before committed to and ran Alpha online and tons of, of fruit from that. And uh, in many cases, more non-Christians were showing up to those Alpha online courses than were in in-person courses and, and sticking with it over time. And I think there's tons of need, desperation, hunger, desire in the culture. And at the same time, many, many churches, those who ran Alpha and didn't, understandably had to circle the wagons. Budgets were cut. Unfortunately, staff were laid off. Youth programs were shut down. It's sort of stripping down to the bare bones of what we could accomplish with our money and time and mental health. And that challenge has clearly extended itself and actually amplified itself, I think, in 2021 more so, where churches across the nation and the globe are essentially in not just rebuilding phase, but replanting phase, where almost every ministry structure was was demolished, all the volunteer networks. I mean, in my local church in downtown Denver, we've been, now we did just launch Alpha again, but it's primarily been how do we get the kids and children's ministry back up and running? How do we get children's volunteers? And we've got to get the we've got to keep the food pantry going. And, and there's been a desperation, understandably. And I do think evangelism has taken a back seat, evangelization. And I'm sad about that. And yet pressing in with vision and, and empathy and hopefully hope. 
we're ready to round the corner. Let's set our eyes on reaching the one, not just caring for the 99. And hopefully God's going to provide what we need along the way towards that. Mm. It's an interesting expression, you know, this explosion of innovation, this entrepreneurial spirit for those that had the drive to that, that primary call to reach the loss, they really found ways to make that happen. Uh, so encouraging to hear 1,500 people that didn't run Alpha before started with it online. I have to tell you, I, I did a book study not that long ago, and and there are people on the book study from different parts of the world that were Alpha digital natives. They they didn't know Alpha before online Alpha. It's amazing, because a year and a half ago, we never even imagined Alpha digital. And I'm sure many churches and parishes never imagined ministry online, but we're in there with so, everyone else. He said, so, so for us, it was, it was something that, that was challenging, but those, to your point, those that had evangelization on their heart, innovated and found ways. But that's where I think your book, How to Follow Jesus, can be such a great tool right now, because so many people have come to faith online, and they really do need that ongoing, continual support that I believe your book helps us wrestle with some of those bigger questions. What, what are some of the surprises or things you've heard back since you've published your first book? And I know we're going to have you back to talk about your second book on another podcast, but let's continue to lean into how to follow Jesus. What are some of the things that you heard back that kind of you thought, oh, glad that resonated? Surprisingly, I really wrote it for brand new followers of Jesus. And surprisingly, many people have reported back. I've been following Jesus for 20 years, and it took me all of those 20 years to discover or build the different elements that you're talking about into my life. But this is the most refreshing and helpful synopsis of those. And many have reported saying, God, just like I, I mean, again, it was the, the resource I wish I had. Yeah. And many have said the same, golly, I wish I had this. This would have saved me so much pain and so, and help me grow further, faster, help me be, you know, I don't even thematically describe this in the book, but the goal is to help till good soil, the good soil of Jesus, you know, the parable of the sower. And what are the elements that any good faith farmer builds into to make sure that we're good soil all the way through our life. And so the availability of it, it, in one way, it's really simple, but it's not easy. And the lens that I carry through the book of someone with little to no faith background or hostile faith background stepping into a relationship with Jesus, but learning how to fit the whole of discipleship into their life. Um, how disarming it was. I mean, that was one of the guiding goals of mine, you know, disarming, practical. And then also, none of the elements in the book are new under the sun. Essentially, I don't always use this language, but it's essentially the major disciplines. It's prayer. It's, it's prayer in the spirit. It's evangelization, Bible study, community, forgiveness and generosity and worship, all those elements, but very fresh, telling mm -hmm. stories. And that's kind of some feedback as well. It's like, this scene, it's so fresh. I've never heard prayer described in such a simple, applicable manner. Or, yeah, I did have all those questions about 
how to approach studying scripture, but you really helped to simplify it and, and freshen it for me. So really thankful to hear that feedback. That's what I was aiming for. Well, I love your humor through it too. I'm constantly laughing as I'm reading the book. Just, just, I love your, your wit and your humor that you sprinkle in the book with your stories because it just keeps me engaged. And uh, I've really enjoyed that. Just before we hit the record button, I was saying to you and some of the coaching that I'm doing, there's so many people that are suffering right now from discouragement and disappointment and burnout and, you know, mental health is, is challenging in this COVID times. And, and the practical advice you give in this book is just leading people to Jesus. And I don't ever remember a time where that's a bad idea mm-hmm. uh, for me and my Catholic faith. Like, and when you consider that the church in Canada anyway, and different parts of the world, some parts of the world, they're not even able to come to church yet. And if they are, it's 20 people or 30 people spread out a mile away with masks on, not allowed to sing. It doesn't feel like church. Right. <laughs> And so, boy, if we don't aren't growing in our intimacy with Jesus and our desire to meditate on Scripture, we're at risk. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I structured the book <clears throat> with more creative titles than what I'll share now, but essentially in three movements as um, individual communal and then missional henry nowen's phenomenal uh from solitude to community to ministry and i'm nowhere near his insight and excellence but is essentially those three movements and the community component of that i do address not just relational community component but congregational a church community yes. component how essential that is and so really do believe we need those three movements and now and does unpack how Jesus displays that it's, it's the thread line throughout scripture. It's how God created us. But when you start sort of in the individual, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? You know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so you start to strip back. Well, love is the goal of all things. When it comes to our faith, loving, loving the Lord. And, you know, I built out is wisdom in, in relationships in my life and in marriage. What is the most important practical skill in growing love? Is it growing your emotional awareness of someone? Is it taking out the garbage? You know, all these important skills in growing in a, in a love that can last a lifetime. But really the number one thing is communication. Mm. You cannot grow in love towards someone but in both directions without regular communication, honest communication, open communication. And so that's the starting point is how do we love the Lord God? Well, we have to have communication going. And so that's prayer. And then I build out, you know, it's difficult to communicate with a God we can't see or always hear. And it gives us the Holy Spirit. We, I talk about that, but that's the role of scripture. It's communication towards the goal of love, communication with the God who loves us. We can understand and know his character and build that deeper into our lives. It's all based on communication heading towards love. So that's what those sort of personal yeah. practices are aiming at. And then, you know, kind of move into the communal construct. And I 
get to live in Colorado. And right now, I mean, literally this week is the height of our Aspen tree colors changing in the mountains. It's just golden yellow painting the, you know, mountain peaks and, and absolutely gorgeous. Everyone sprints out to the mountains to get a look. And so I plan on doing that this weekend, but Aspen are known as potentially some of the largest living organisms on the planet because you never find an aspen tree alone because their root systems are intertwined. They're actually a single organism. When you see a number of different, you see an aspen stand, you're actually looking at one organism that's connected under the surface. And it's because the mountain climates are shallow soil, whipping winds, extreme environments. They're going to tear a single tree off the mountainside. And then I just declare that's who we've meant to be as God's people. We, there's, we're in extreme conditions. The enemy is after us. The world is broken. Our faith cannot stand on its own. That's why we need the church. We need to build the practices community and, and to be connected under the surface at the root system so we can withstand the whipping winds and kind of build that out. Man. I'm sure there's nobody listening right now that can't relate to what you just said because you know the winds are whipping and we all know it. Like if we didn't right. know it before, if we we're somehow distracted and delusional, we're not right now. We're not anymore. And what a great metaphor for the value and and, and the place church can hold in our lives if we're going to stand strong, stand firm, and be the mm-hmm. people God's calling us to be. Like I always say, Jesus is our biggest fan. There's there's no bad news. Like it is all good news. He wants you to have a life worth living with purpose, meaning, joy. Doesn't mean we're not going to have tough, difficult times, but it means we'll be able to walk through those difficult times with a sense of peace that makes no sense mm-hmm. at all. I just people. I just preached a message not too long ago on Nehemiah out, out of Nehemiah. Okay. And I think it was in Nehemiah chapter three. He says, you know, the work, the work was difficult, and we were widely separated from one another along the wall. And essentially said, that's dangerous. You know, the marauding armies are going to come get us, they're going to stall our work. And so he said, uh, when we blow the trumpet, everyone quickly gather together and have uh, the sword at your side and the, uh, we're posting a guard of prayer day and night. And, and very quickly, I just build this out. You know, that is resembling of our current moment. COVID has forced us to be widely separated from one another. Political divisions in our context have, have forced us or or we've allowed ourselves to become widely separated from one another. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is the trumpet is sounded. Gather back together as God's people. Gather together with the goal of unity. Gather when you can in person as restrictions are lifted, or at least gather online through every opportunity. It's, it's, it's not just unwise. It's dangerous to remain widely separated from. We need to gather when the trumpet is sounded, and the church is the one that that sounds the trumpet and says, "Gather together. You need it. We need it collectively." And then the sword at the side says, "You know, work day and night with the sword at the side." And we know from from Ephesians, the sword is the word of the spirit or the, the word of God, and we must carry that 
as we work day in and day out, it's dangerous not to. And then posting a guarded prayer day and night, intercession together, individually. And you know, it's like those three behaviors, gathering together, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, attached at our hip, and go, posting guarded prayer day and night. If there ever was a time that we needed these in every expression of church, it's right now. Amen. I, was, I, was, uh, I just really encourage any of you that are listening to, to just go on Google and Google uh, Craig Springer Pastor. And there's just tons of great stuff that comes up. And I was watching the video and I, there's lots more there. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it because you're a great speaker. Uh, and I also was looking at Twitter. And one of the things, and I just love this, I'd love to share it with you back to you. And I'd love you to comment on it. It says this, knowing that the spirit of God is in you, speaking to you is one thing. Knowing what the Spirit of God speaks is another. If the Holy Spirit is known as the helper, how does the Holy Spirit help? Yeah. How would you answer that? What would you say That's to somebody? Great. And I think that is, that is built out from that, that book, How to Follow Jesus. Again, for people newer to hearing the voice of the Spirit and following, it does, it does help to get some categories of what are the kinds of things the spirit talks about with us? So I can, because it's not easy at first. It really isn't. I don't want to pretend like it is. And it, we, we, it needs to be anchored in scripture. And there's a number of patterns. Um, I, I, uh, I think I began them all with letter P, which is, of course, the only thing that pastors and priests do, which is alliteration. God only works through alliteration. Thank goodness. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But at least it can be more memorable. I mean, one, one of them is, is, um, is presence. Yes. Constantly communicating, I am with you. Page after page in scripture, the main point is, you're not alone. I'm with you. And what, is, what does presence offer us? Well, it's Emmanuel, God with us. It's my daughter, this is a couple of years ago now, loves crafts. She's incredible at it. And, and I just want that creativity to grow. And yet she is so messy, hates cleaning up. And she'll make this incredible thing and then just walk away. And there is a whirlwind of, of chaos left behind. And I kept trying to help her grow at this. And, and would start to sort of set boundaries, say, you know, you can't blah, 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 or you can't be downstairs until that room is clean. And she would just tantrum and, and couldn't make any progress. And finally realized, said, okay, listen, you have to clean your room. I'm just going to sit with you in your room while you do it. And oh my goodness, her room was, was clean and she was happy and we talked and and it's the power of presence. And we've done that a number of ways, and now she's better at it. But God's presence through our pain is essential. That's one of the other keys. I won't go through all of them, but there's another handful of them. Purpose. The Holy Spirit's always speaking about purpose, reminding us what's most important, reminding us about our calling. Protection. Uh, we have what the Bible calls battling parts of ourselves, flesh and spirit. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's uh, but it's not fully materialized. And so every day we have a choice to make to follow the desires of the flesh or the direction of the spirit. And the Holy Spirit 
protects us from the enemy and the, the efforts of the flesh in our life to say no to sin. The Holy Spirit whispers in our ears protective words. Don't click on that hyperlink. It's going to take you down a path that will not cause you to be the person I want you to be or that you want to be. You know, don't say those words. The Holy Spirit is giving us protective reminders throughout the day. And then perseverance is another one. I may have missed one of them, but the Holy Spirit is always communicating what we need for perseverance, reminding us that um, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He'll give us what we need to carry on to the very end. So all these categories that are sort of biblically proven that we can trust if Words are coming to us in those categories. Likely it is going to be the Holy Spirit's voice. That's so helpful. I, I was just speaking to a good friend of mine yesterday, and uh, we have a, a process called RCIA, Rite of Christian Initiation, as people come into full communion with the church. Not everybody does, but a lot of times that's the path they take to come into full communion and receive the sacraments. And the statistics for the amount of people that come in and then stay several years later is not that great. And this lady that a friend I was speaking to was just sharing that uh, they walked with this much younger fella who came into our area to go to university and just for whatever reason was inspired to check out church. So he just looked in the phone book, found our church and came and decided he wanted to become a Christian and went through the process. And, and it was a beautiful process. People were really excited to journey with them and get to know him. And it was beautiful in so many ways. And Three years later, he'd uh, moved away and just recently came back, and he's no longer practicing his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, he has fallen away. And I think to myself, I bet you he didn't want to fall away. Mm-hmm. I bet you he didn't go through all of that to say to himself, oh, well, this is just until some other good idea comes on. That perseverance that you talked about, like, we need to help people have those conversations to to address the needs that we really have in order to follow through. Because again, this a whirlwind battle that we're in. And yeah. Yeah. And that gets, I mean, that story is so disheartening at the same time. I still have hope for him. You know, so do I. he's got it. He's got a chance. God always welcomes his sons and daughters back home. Amen. Uh, but using Christ's analogy, when, the seed of the gospel germinates in someone's heart, how someone's heart, you know, even in good soil, it still is a seedling and it needs tending. And, you know, that was the goal of the book, How to Follow Jesus, to provide some of those, the tending blueprint for mm. a faith that will last a lifetime. Yeah. Amen. And there's the beauty of the church uh, where authentic relationships are flourishing and growing and we're calling mm-hmm. each other on to be our best and not let each other off the hook and, and, and just be there to pick each other back up again. Cause we all need somebody or p- a people in our lives that can do that for us, that, that wish the best for us, that want the best for us. And, right. and uh, that's the church at its best is, is doing those things for us. And it's the church I hope we're all long to create. I just want to shift gears for a second because you, you said something interesting about the just sounding the trumpet when you talked about the, the the sermon you did with Nehemiah and the trumpet is sounds every year with Alpha USA to say come and gather and I had a chance to do that actually it was the last trip I took before yeah COVID. that's right it was sort of right on the cusp of of the forthcoming quarantines 
Yeah, it really was. And I had so much fun. It was such an encouragement to me to be there with people from all kinds of different traditions and tons of Catholics there as well. And, and the message was so filled with hope and joy. And this one is new wineskins and it's coming up in January 27th and 28th. And it's going to be held in, in Arizona again, correct? Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? And what yeah, well, for, for any company. Canadians, I don't know if you realize, but Arizona is a lot further south than Canada. Thanks for that help, Craig. In January. That's where half the Canadians are anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's where half the Canadians on the West Coast are anyway, so they'll already be there. <laughs> the East Coasters are all in Florida, so they'll have to. Right, have yeah, to a little bit a of a further, further haul. As a side note, we will also be providing, and I hope many who can't attend in person will take advantage of this. It's sort of a Thursday night and then an all-day Friday experience, and we're turning the Thursday night experience into a streaming watch party. So hopefully, if you think, golly, I, I would love to be there, I just can't make it, yeah. please rally together your crew locally and host a watch party for this experience we're going to be condensing it and to be very valuable for an online gathering and then be facilitating prayer and responsive experiences for groups spread all over the the north american continent or beyond to have that so keep that in mind our convictions within alpha are we're, we're certainly called to, to lead and catalyze a movement for evangelization in a post-Christian context. We, we believe God has given us insight around what works in a post-Christian context, particularly, mm -hmm. and enormous fruit. And so we're always, particularly through this conference, going to be fanning the flames of, of information and inspiration around evangelization for a post-Christian context. But we feel we also have kind of two unique spaces in the big wide umbrella of God's kingdom. One is around learning how to approachably be empowered by the Holy Spirit for an actually supernatural life and ministry. And, and some of that is teaching and information. A lot of that is caught, not taught. So we're trying to create a catalytic annual reminding and refilling experience for teams on, oh yes. Fill me up again, Lord, for the battles ahead. And also, oh, this is how I can facilitate an empowered by the Spirit ministry for those that I lead or influence. And so that's always going to be valuable. And then the third is to build bridges across historical places of division within the church. And we're, we're leaning into unity, telling stories of unity, whether it's denominational or traditional unity that needs some work. And increasingly now, so, you know, ethnic and socioeconomic. And so we're real passionate to be those three things, you know, evangelization, spirit, and unity. And you can just count on us year after year after year. We're going we're gonna to aim for those pathways. My hope is that it becomes kind of an annual tank refueling for everyone who's running Alpha. Yep. And the teams and those that's sort of the target, but it really is helpful for anyone curious about alpha to get a, get a flavor of what is this? How do I do it? And then we'll have tons of workshops that can fill in the gaps 
mm-hmm. you know, give me the nuts and bolts about how to do alpha. Or for those who are running alpha, give me the, the, the secrets to growing our alpha, maximizing it. So lots yeah. of, lots of good opportunity there. That's so cool. The whole idea, I know for us at St. Benedict Parish, when we were going about the business of renewing that church and just being a part of the explosion of the spirit there, conferences were a big part of filling our tank. We recognized that just being around other people who are passionate about the church, passionate about bringing others to the church and passionate about leadership and innovating and trying new things, man, that is so contagious don't underestimate the impact going to a conference with some of your staff and key leaders can have on the next six months of your ministry or the year. It can really ignite you again. And I, I know just myself being there and there's nobody that you can't start a conversation with that isn't happy to share their experience. <laughs> like you're just with like, how many people are you hoping for this time? Well, our in-person auditorium maxes out at 1,800, and we're, we're actually approaching capacity on that. So if you're thinking in person, you please go after it now, yes. and then we'll expand the online audience. It's hard to tell, you know, with yeah. COVID restrictions, where will we be then? We didn't want to commit ourselves financially to some much larger venue in this season, but in time we can imagine the capacity growing well beyond that. Well, I'll tell you, that's a, that's a huge capacity from my perspective. I just think it's awesome. And and really I've been encouraging because I coach and connect with a lot of folks in the U S and I'm just saying for heaven's sakes, you've got to bring your team down to this conference. So if any of you are thinking about it, stop thinking, take action now, get online. Craig's will get your tickets, beats your flight. I'm even going from Canada for heaven's sakes. And, uh, and let's have a fun time. Let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the speakers. I I know that uh, you have father John Ricardo coming in. He, uh, that man has capacity, doesn't he? He is amazing. I've known him for a number of years, both when he was leading at the parish level and beyond, and then he launched the Acts 29 discipleship effort. And I just, anytime I can sit at his feet and gain his wisdom, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, he has a, well, I find him, to be honest with you, I find him a lot like yourself, like certain people that you meet in life, you think, wow, they have capacity. Like they have capacity to influence, to inspire and to, to create a movement. I, I experience you a lot like that too. And uh, I'd say Father Ricardo's much like that. I, one of the stories that is just infamous, I, I can't imagine anybody's ever done it before or after was he just did it seven days. He did Alpha 7. When he decided to do Alpha, he did nothing but Alpha. He was all in on the Alpha. And to be able to pull that off in our Catholic context, I'm surprised he didn't get hung. Uh, it, just, it just makes me, it speaks to his gravitas as a leader and his, his conviction. I just thought it was amazing. And that really did create a movement of inspiration, not only in his church, but all over the place. And and so he's definitely worth uh, checking out when, uh, when the conference Absolutely. rolls around and to be a part of that. And so I just really encourage all of you to, again, make it there. Uh, Pete, Pete Gregg is uh, coming and going to be a part of uh, the conference as well. Again, a wonderful speaker. Tell us a little bit about Pete. Pete is one of those dozen or so people, uh, this is my opinion, in a, in a generation or a segment of an era who is prophetic, anointed, down to earth, 
deeply full of integrity, proven on the ground, who can speak into the global moment of time with um, God's heart like none other. And for those of you who don't know, you know, he, he launched the 24-7 prayer movement, the UK version, and expanded that globally. And I don't even know how many that ministry is mobilized now and reaching in prayer, but that's his core commitment is prayer that then extends itself into mission. And boy, he, he has spent the time with the Lord to substantiate everything he has to say. So again, anytime I can hear what he has to offer, he truly does come with a global perspective. His ministry extends to the ends of the earth and is rooted deeply in prayer. So he often speaks in a sort of winsome UK way that cuts to the heart and, and reorients the faith for the next season of life. So can't wait to see Amen. what that's going to be like for us. Amen. If Joe Saxon, author, speaker, podcaster, and leadership coach, Kara Powell, executive director of Fuller Youth Institute, Glenn uh, Pickingham, Dr. Stacy Spencer, and a fella that you might have heard of, Craig Springer, uh, going to be speaking on the docket right now. And I know, like you said, there'll be keynotes, there'll be some time of prayer and ministry, but there'll also be some breakouts. What are some of those breakouts focus on? Can you give us some insight? Yeah, we're always going to offer kind of the the key training components around alpha. Like I said, how to run alpha, and then we have a segment, how to grow your alpha. But leaning into some of the strengths of our ministry area, also how to lead a prayer ministry, not just specific to alpha, but how to create a prayer ministry functionally within your parish, within your church. I would really pick up on that. We're taking a little bit of a risk this coming year and going to launch something at just a workshop called, uh, I'm going to botch the name, something like um, how to lead through politics, pandemic, and some other cute word that starts with a P because we like to deliberate. <laughs> but the goal being, how do you create a culture where you don't alienate people? Oh, polar, you know, in a season of polarization. polarization. Yes. And, and particularly for alpha, but also if you're leading a whole parish or network. Mm. Or just in your family, in your neighborhood, in your apartment building. How can we be people who don't continue to polarize? And how can we create alphas that allow people on both sides of an extreme issue who are being discipled by 24 hours news cycles to come together around the gospel and not polarize one another and discover Jesus? So we're going to press into that a little bit. That'll be interesting. Thanks for doing that. That takes a lot of courage. I, I know the, the folks that I'm in contact with in the U.S. I know that is a, a it's an issue it's of the globe, really an issue in the U.S. And, and it takes courage to do that. So thanks for risking that because people really do need the support, the help, insights uh, to really spur them on because division is very real in all the churches. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's compounded the, the challenges the church is facing, particularly in the U.S. is yes. it's not just a health physical health pandemic, certainly along with there's a mental health pandemic, but there is this, this massive polarization mm. key issues. So, and then we are, we're definitely leaning to, you know, how do you, how do you grow an alpha in a Catholic context? We also have a huge prison ministry, so prison context as well. That's and fantastic. youth. And youth. And youth. Wonderful. Well, Craig, it's been 
a treat to spend this time with you. I, I, I know Christmas is coming up. I honestly, I can't encourage our listeners enough. Get that book and start giving it away like crazy to anybody you know who has come to faith or maybe has started to fall away. Like it is a book that we have to get into the hands mm. of people to fortify them in this season of life. And so thanks for taking the time to write it, Craig. I am going to get you back and we're going to discuss your other book that came out not that long ago, How to Revive Evangelism. And yeah, so I look forward to that. It's it's pretty um, su- surprisingly challenging to release two books during a pandemic. And <laughs> But I love these conversations with It's Good. It'll be a fun conversation to have. Thank you so much. God bless you and your family and keep up the great work. Thank you. You too, Ron. Bye-bye. I'm looking forward to being with Craig and all of you at the Alpha Conference coming up. When I attend these conferences, I often make the time to give complimentary coaching sessions for pastors and their key leaders. If you would like to meet for a session while I'm at the conference or any other conference in the future, please go to ronhuntley.com and send us a request. It'd be my pleasure to spend the time speaking with you to discuss the issues where you feel most stuck. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Please subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share it with a friend. God bless. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.